Welcome to the Profit Cast. I'm the coach, Levi Landrigan. And I'm the player, Luke McCark. And we're here to bring you our unique perspective on local, college, and pro sports. So join us as we dive into the headlines and stories that you need to know. Well, it is another episode of the Profit Cast, and we are as surprised as anyone that we are talking about another incredible Nebraska basketball performance. Uh, not a win over a top 10 team, but definitely a team, Purdue, that is that is a whole lot better than Creighton, and we took them to overtime. We, we lost a real close one, and in overtime, we had the lead over them. There was a really, really bad call by the refs late in overtime that, I mean, say what you want about refs, but the fact that... Nebraska played number four, undefeated Purdue, closer than anyone else has this year, is just a testament that we we got a basketball team in Lincoln this year, don't you think, Luke? Yeah, and it's really crazy, you know, at what point do you start, like, writing them off as flukes? It's That's the question, or are we going to lose 10 more of these games? We're like, all right, this is like a Nebraska football team. Uh-huh. Um, but but then, at the same time, at what point do you say this is this is legit? I mean, the fact yeah. that we only have five wins against top 10 teams in program history and we, we were one point away at one point to having two in the same season, like that's just incredible. And, and Luke and I were talking about this a little bit before we started recording that – this Nebraska basketball team, the little bit that I've gotten to watch them, kind of reminds me of the 2013 Nebraska basketball team where uh, they they had Teron Petaway. You know, they had a couple of guys that played in the NBA for, for short stints, but that was the last time we made the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. And that team didn't have anybody that was like, oh, that, that guy's incredible, or, you know, just get the ball into his hands. But they did little things right. They played defense. They hustled. They worked hard. They distributed the ball well. And that's some of the same stuff that this team does. I mean, it's kind of kind of a natural that Nebraska does that because we're not able to recruit basketball players on the same level as, you know, a Kansas or a Wisconsin or a Kentucky or a Purdue or, or any of those, you know, consistent basketball schools, Duke, North Carolina, whatnot. But, but we can do the little things right. And I think Coach Hoiberg really has these guys playing well right now. Yeah, and it's just kind of fun to fun to watch a team where every game's a different leading scorer. It's just it's fun to watch, you know, whether it's Bandamel or Wiltshire or mm-hmm. Greasel and let's not even forget the Indiana loss was out with was without Sam Greasel, so they mm-hmm. you know, they gave Indiana a run without Greasel. Right. Um they didn't pull it out, but and and it is. I, w- I would really encourage you guys listening to this podcast to go uh, go watch some Nebraska men's basketball if you have a chance to, because not very often are fundamental basketball teams fun to watch. I'm I'm thinking, um, you know, maybe ten years ago, the San Antonio Spurs were in the middle of a dynasty and they were competing for NBA championships, winning NBA championships, and they were the most boring team to watch. You know, back in that time, you had Kobe Bryant going off. You had the Celtics in their dream team. You had LeBron and D-Wade and Chris Bosh, the big three in Miami. And like, those are the exciting teams. And then San Antonio just played defense, shot layups, you know, did the little things right. And they were so boring, but they were winners. Nebraska, on the other hand, they do all of those little things right, but it's pretty fun to watch, really. They they play a fun style of basketball, so I would encourage you guys to give them a watch. 
All right, well, moving from basketball over to football and jumping from college to pros, we're going to talk a little NFL. It's been a while since we've done a segment on the NFL, and we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs every week. The picture is starting to clear up a little bit, so let's let's take a look at the AFC. We got some teams there that have been playing really well, and what, who, are, who are some teams that have stood out to you, Luke, and how is it this, how is it similar, how is it different from what you thought, how you thought things were going to look at the beginning of the year? I mean, nobody thought the Jets would still be in playoff discussion oh, no this late in the year. Seven and six, still still fighting and fighting to try to get into those, that playoff. Definitely and, uh, the surprise team of the year. Yeah, I, I wrote definitely. the Jets off before the first kickoff, and they're, they're a good football team. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so that's, that's crazy. And, you know, Buffalo and Kansas City are at the top. That's no surprise in the... In the AFC. And well, and going back to just the preseason thoughts, I mean, everybody thought that the the AFC East, you know, Buffalo Bills was was going to run that division and not have a lot of competition. But right now, New England is, is looking like they might make a shot run at the playoffs. The Jets could still be in there. So three three teams and Miami, too. That whole division is is in contention for the playoffs. Whereas a lot of people were saying that about the AFC West with Kansas City, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Broncos, and that division has underperformed from top to bottom, really. Like Kansas City has done well; they're ten and three right now. They're they could only consistent. They, that division. Yeah, they're the only consistent team in that division. But at the same time, they just about dropped their first game to Denver since Mahomes has been there. A bad Denver team, and so they, you know, they. They're up and down. They're still getting things figured out. I was I was listening to another podcast that was saying the Chiefs are set up in a way right now where for them to do well, Patrick Mahomes has to play near perfect. And and they do. They rely really heavily on that guy. But at the same time, they're they're still the well-oiled offensive machine. They can still do Kansas City Chiefs type things. It is interesting that it seems like whether they're playing a good team or a bad team, if they get the win, they get the win by seven you know whether it's a comeback from them or just doing enough to hold off the other team a team that has been a pleasant surprise to me has been Cincinnati Bengals I I kind of anticipated a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover from them and the way the year started they didn't look great but they've been coming on strong they had a, a really good win against Kansas City they just beat Cleveland which I thought this was surprising as good as Joe Burrows is and as bad historically as the Browns are this was Joe Burrows first win against the Browns I mean, they're in That's the same crazy. division. They they play each other twice a year. So they're doing well. Um, Tennessee is in the playoff picture right now, but mostly just because that division is so weak. You know, the Titans are sitting at 7-6 yeah, and both, six right both now. Both south divisions on either side are yep. pretty weak. Yep. So um, Baltimore has the edge on Cincinnati right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if Cincinnati jumps Baltimore. They got some injuries. They got quarterback situations in Baltimore with uh, with Lamar Jackson being hurt, not knowing when exactly he'll return. So the the way this is going to shake out, so right now you got Buffalo 1, Kansas City 2, Baltimore 3, Tennessee 4, Cincinnati 5, Miami 6, and New England 7. How confident are you that that's the way it's going to go the rest of the season? What are some things that you might see shake up in that order? I mean, you pretty much have a dead dead tie. Um, New England holds the tiebreaker over the Jets. That's something to watch and think about this for a second with the Jets if they didn't play the Patriots this year because the Patriots own them so uh-huh. everybody knows that right. it doesn't matter how good the Jets are the Patriots are still going to be mm-hmm. um if they hadn't played the Patriots they'd be like 
Nine and four. Nine and four. If they hadn't played the Patriots they'd be, twice. They'd be the third best team in the AFC if they didn't have those two losses to the Patriots. That's insane. Yeah. For the Jets, for a team that won, what, six games last year? Yeah, if that. Yeah. Um, And, you know, Mike White. Is yeah. Like, doing this all while total quarterback uncertainty is totally crazy. Like, think about what this team would be if they had a good, consistent quarterback, too. Exactly. We're not quite ready to jump to the NFC, but the Jets are a lot like the Niners. Inconsistent play at quarterback, but just the rest of the team playing defense and having a couple of good weapons on offense. We'll jump to that in a little bit, but I just put those two things together in my head. I was like, the, the season the Jets are having right now is similar to the season the Niners are in the middle of. Yeah, and uh, anyway, so um, the note I was going to make, 7-6, seven and 7-6, six, 7-6, seven and, six, seven and six, that's the Patriots, the Chargers. Let's not go back and talk about our rankings in that division where we had, <laughs> like, Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs, and Chargers. So um, anyway, so those three teams are all tied, so really any combination of those two teams. And Miami, actually, they're 8-5, and five, but – they they could easily drop because um, they're they still gotta play Buffalo. Mm-hmm. They could easily drop that game. They could drop, uh, you know, even if they even if they win out, that would still give the Patriots a chance to jump them if they won out. Right. Um, <clears throat> not Dolphins, a not an easy schedule remaining the for the Dolphins. Yeah, uh, the Chargers hold the tiebreaker over the Dolphins. So if the Chargers win all the rest of their games and they. Dolphins lose to the Bills. And, the Chargers could jump over them. And the Dolphins did not look good against the Chargers. And yeah. the the Chargers, yeah, ever you know, they're supposed to have a good defense, but the Chargers defense has definitely underperformed this year. They sure shut the Dolphins down. Mm-hmm. So not an easy <clears throat> ride for the Dolphins going in the future. No, I would I would look for the Dolphins to possibly fall out of the playoffs and get jumped by, you know, maybe the Jets, maybe um Maybe the Chargers. I don't know. I don't trust the Chargers to really put together a run. But it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think Buffalo could hold on to the one seed, but they had a really big injury on defense going down with their pass rush not being quite as effective, and they need that for a good, successful playoff run uh, with Von Miller being injured. But um, Kansas City could be the number one seed, but again, they've been a little inconsistent as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. All right, now switching conferences over to the NFC. This is the first place where we actually have a team, the first team that legitimately has locked their spot into the playoffs, and that's Philadelphia with just the incredible run that they've had this year. 12-1 and one are the cow. Eagles right now. Nobody would have picked that at the beginning of the year, that they, would, that they would go this far only losing one game to a divisional opponent, Washington. And, and again, similar story to the other side. We we talked about the AF, the NF, NFC East and the AFC East as both divisions that we weren't expecting to be too good. But all four teams right now from the NFC East are in playoff contention. The the Giants, the Commanders, the the Eagles, and the Cowboys are all right now as it stands in the playoffs. Now the Giants, the Giants and the Commanders are the last two teams. They could fall out, you know, could get jumped by Seattle, who's had a really good year so far, surprising a lot of teams. And Detroit is kind of coming on strong. It might be a little too little, too late for the Lions. But what do you think about some of those teams near the bottom, looking for that playoff bubble spot? I mean, it's totally crazy. We talked about the Jets being the surprise of the AFC, 
It could be any team, any of the teams that take the last two spots. Who thought the Commanders, the Giants, the Seahawks, or Detroit? They probably were, everybody expected them to get top 10 draft picks, all yeah. of them. Yeah, four win teams is what yeah. we were thinking for a lot of those. And Seattle is going to have a top 10 draft pick. Yeah. It's not their own, it's the Broncos. Like, it was expected, you know, they'll have a late round pick from the Broncos and they'll have an early round pick from, from themselves. Uh-huh. And it's the opposite. It's totally crazy. It so, really is. No matter who gets those last two spots, it's going to be a surprise. Yeah, when you look at what we were thinking at the beginning of the year for the Giants, at least, you almost have to throw uh, Brian Dayball into that coach of the year conversation. I mean, they're they're seven and five and one right now. It's just a really really impressive one, and that that's interesting because right now Washington and New York are both seven five and one, and that's what has them in sixth and seventh place. And, and in the playoffs, right ahead of Seattle, who's 7-6. and six. So we'll see how the rest of the year goes. But that that one tie, they might have done each other, they might have done each other a favor, helping each other both get into the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but looking across, you know, again, the Cowboys, 10-3. and three, if, A lot of people at the beginning of the year, if, if you would have said Dallas is 10-3 and three at the end of 13 weeks, then they would have said, well, they got to be first place in the NFC, right? No, they, they're, they're second place right now, really. I mean, they're they're the number five seed because Phillies win in their division, but they they destroyed the Vikings earlier. The Minnesota man dropped the dropped the game to the Lions. A lot, a lot of work needs to be done on Minnesota's defense, but their offense, when it's clicking, can can run with the best of them. Mm-hmm. And then looking at San Francisco, they've they've added a lot of offensive weapons this year. They're nine and four right now. They're they're winning their division, and they got two games up on Seattle. Uh, they should keep that. I would. I would be really surprised if Seattle jumps them and makes it to the makes it. You know, wins that NFC West division. But again, for the longest time, the NFC West was was the division that everybody said. You got the Niners, the Rams, the Cardinals, the the Seahawks. All of them can make the playoffs. And right now, Seattle is is on the outside looking in. They're pretty close, but the Rams and the Cardinals have both severely underperformed this year yeah um the 49ers are interesting and uh like I said there are also a lot of underperformers um and uh and and speaking of divisions that have underperformed the NFC South is really bad wretched yeah the Tampa Bay is is one game under 500 and has a a full one game lead on Carolina. So not not for sure yet, but it could be. You know, I remember a few years ago when Cam Newton was quarterback at Carolina. They made the playoffs by winning their division with a seven and nine record. Uh, you know, you could be seven and ten and win that division. We're talking now. about like the NFC feast a couple years ago. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty pretty rough. But uh, but Tampa Bay's leading it right now. They just got spanked by the Niners and not not a good not a good look for for that franchise and and you you know Luke is our resident expert on the Bucks what do you think is going to happen if if they win the division but are you know like a 7 and 10 and Tom Brady decides he wants to go play somewhere else do you think you think they're going to give their coach another chance or is this Todd Bowles last last year I don't think it's Bulls last year. What I think might have happened is Tom Brady might have pushed the envelope a little too far, and uh, he probably should have called it a quits last year because he does not look like the same Tom Brady 
And But more than that, it's been the offensive line issues that have been a problem. They're plagued by injuries, mm-hmm. and uh, they lost their two guards, um, one of whom retired and the other of whom uh, went on to Cincinnati. Um, so it's a totally different line. They have a rookie at, at guard and a second-year, first-year first starter at center. Um, but even more than that, it's been Donovan Smith, the veteran that you've always been able to rely on. He's, he's you know, known for stupid holding penalties, um, but he is having a horrendous season. He's the most penalized offensive lineman. He's cost the Bucks. I think, I think they said it's like 85 yards in penalties Goodness. this year. Well, and that's part of just, you know, you you get called for holding, you get called for penalties on the offensive line when you get tired, when you when you slow down the little things, when your feet don't move as fast, when you start grabbing and holding. That's that's just a lack of discipline, really. And and, and a lot our, of from our the player who's supposed to be the leader of the group. Exactly, yeah. And and that's a little bit of what's been the criticism with Tampa Bay because, you know, it's it's Tampa, it's it's the bay. It's, you know, you go get out of practice early and go hang out on the beach. But whereas where Tom Brady came from, Boston and New England was the culture of, you know, stay late, work hard, do the little things right. And and I think part of the magic of their Super Bowl season was the fact that he came in and brought that discipline for a short time and they did the little things right, but it's that much harder to do it day in and day out, year after year after year. When you got the ocean right there, you can do enough to have won. You got you got one Super Bowl ring already. So I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what, what things look like for the Bucks going forward. Yeah, it's all going to hinge on the offensive line. They got Shaq Mason from the Patriots, and Tristan Wirfs is injured right now. But if, Wirfs it's gonna, is a big part of that team. It's going to, yeah, maybe one of the best tackles in the league. And if... If they can figure out the line, they'll be in decent shape for the future if they can figure out the quarterback situation. Well, that's all the time we have for today. But remember, God made you special, and and he he loves loves you very very much. much. Bye.